0: Welcome back to the Matt Report podcast. You don't want to miss today's episode. It's with Leslie Sim. She is co-founder of a new plugin called Newsletter Glue, and she's building, her and her co-founder, building a competitor to Substack. And, uh, you know, Substack hasn't been on my radar too often And coincidentally, at the time that I recorded this and I I was chatting with somebody else who was uh, actually getting rid of like a big, confusing uh, membership website just to send emails, they switched to Substack. And had I talked to them first, I would have immediately recommended Newsletter Glue. Why I love this story is because it's like the rest of us. We're trying to build something. We're working Damn near night and day trying to make this thing work. We're building it, we're marketing it, we're supporting it, we're trying to get new messaging out there and also do customer research in the face of giants. And Leslie sp- shares a lot of amazing stories about that today. She's in, still in the middle of it. She hasn't bought her yacht yet. She will. Maybe you will too when you launch your product. MattReport.com, slash subscribe to join the newsletter. Leave us a five star review on iTunes. Really helps. Really, really helps. 130 ish five star reviews so far, or reviews. I think 129 of them are five stars. (laughs) There's a few of you that go ahead and drop the one star. I see you. I see you. All right, let's get a word from our sponsors. Hey, speaking of email, do you ever want to run your own newsletter service? Right? But you want to send to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of email subscribers, maybe you want to replace MailChimp, T- check out today's first sponsor, Mailster.co. Mailster.co. This is going to be a replacement for these big newsletter type services that you might use. You can get it at a fraction of a cost because Mailster only costs $59 for your WordPress site. Mailster.co. You grab it there, you download it, you buy it. $59. You've got yourself a MailChimp replacement. What about sending emails through WordPress, Matt? I didn't think that was a very good thing to do. Oh, fret not. It connects up to four major email sending services and probably more by the time this episode goes out. They connect to SendGrid, MailChimp, SparkPost, Amazon SES, and that's going to allow your WordPress website to send mass amounts of email Newsletter campaigns without affecting, you know, that five dollar a month web hosting account that you have, or maybe that your customer has. Right, it's not going to send it through your web host or your email mailster. Co. The plugin will connect up to those mail sending services, so you can shoot out those email newsletters look they got powerful automation it's easy to engage your contacts you get all of the stats and stuff stats and stuff that you're you're used to using at a mailchimp or another service and maybe you're thinking to yourself hey it sounds great but ah man i really like the look and feel of my mailchimp templates has anyone ever said that really really check out mailster's templates if you go to mailster.co Click on the template section. You can see the different templates you're able to use. They have a browse all templates. Go ahead and click that. You can see all of the templates they have. Look, for $59, it's a steal when you can compare it to maybe the high price that you're paying over at MailChimp, Infusionsoft, some other place to send out newsletters. Check it out. Mailster.co. Thanks for supporting the show. Today's next sponsor is me it's the easy support videos plugin look it'll be launching a new version 2.0 very very soon if you search for easy support videos you'll find it on wordpress.org and it allows you to embed educational videos training videos support videos right inside of the wordpress admin so you you built this custom site for a customer and you're using beaver builder you've got maybe some advanced custom fields And they're in there, they're trying to figure this stuff out, and they're like, how do I do this again? Well, you've made a video that you've uploaded privately to, say, Vimeo or YouTube. You drop it right in their WordPress admin. You say, hey, there's a support section right in your WordPress site. You don't need to email me. No need to contact me. Click on that. The video is right there. You can watch that training video right there inside of WordPress. Or maybe you make this onboarding video, this welcome video, right, for these people who are using your WordPress sites. Easy support videos, search for it on wordpress.org. I'd love to get at least your feedback. Okay, let's talk to Leslie.
1: And I run Newsletter Glue and Member Hero, which are WordPress plugins. Um, right now, Newsletter Glue is a free pu- plugin that you can get on the WordPress directory, but we're developing a paid plugin as we speak. My co-founder, Ahmed, he started Member Hero, and back then it was called Member Chimp. Um, and he was actually the lead developer on ultimate member way back when um, and he built Memberchim last year and I think he won't mind me saying this, but he made all the typical uh, developer founder mistakes in that he you know sat in a room and just built it for months and months and months and then launched it and realized no one knew what it was no one knew you know that he was even building this and it, was really hard to get off the ground, um, and so he made a post on Indie Hacker saying that he was looking for a co-founder to come in and do the business and marketing side of things, uh, and I thought you know what he was doing was cool, so we um, I emailed him and we started working on Member Hero from there, and um, this was late last year, and so I came on um, started working on well. It was called membership, and then we changed it to Member Hero. Just, um, I'm just not a huge fan of the chimp thing because everyone just immediately goes to Mailchimp when sure. they hear that name. Um, so we changed it to Member Hero, and then tried launching it. But the problem with, or well, at least um, for me, the problem that I had with launching Member Hero was that we didn't have a big audience. No one knew us, and it was not niche enough. So you know, it's like launching a form plugin, right? If like you're not super specific about what kind of need your form plugin is launching or fulfilling, then it nobody knows like why they should use you and not the hundred other plugins that exist. Um, and so that, so we found that um, to be the case with our membership plugin. And I've so, heard people
0: say, I've heard other notable startup uh, podcasts and other creators say that, hey, you know, you should go after like the form market, like if you want to find customers immediately, and if you want to find traction immediately, and not have to convince people to buy a, a unique product, yeah, you go after forms, you go after page builders, you know, you do something where the market is already uh, mature enough. Uh, but it's a challenge, right? Because everyone goes after that market, and like you said, yeah. you have to stand out.
1: I think I think that works if you have you know five thousand Twitter followers, and you're like, hey guys, I've you know I've been working at. You know, big name company for a while and now I've decided to launch this form plugin and then immediately you get a thousand people interested, right? Um, But for us, it was like, nobody knew us, nobody, you know, I I was not, I don't, like I used I created a Twitter account, you know 2016 or something, but never used it. Um, So you know, given that we were starting from there, it was really hard to launch our membership plugin. We were really close to closing and, like, giving up on Member Hero. Um, But the part that made me sad about that um, in thinking that we would be closing it was this small thing that we had built. Um, It was an add-on to Member Hero, which was this MailChimp integration, and that let me send posts um, as newsletters to my subscribers. And I had been using that for my own newsletter, and I really liked doing it. It was super simple. Um, I was like damn if we closed member hero then I can't use this thing anymore um, <laughs> and
0: like I, I want I want this feature
1: <laughs> yeah for myself um yeah and then it made me think like oh wait if I like this so much like maybe I could just we could just spin that little bit off and turn that into a plugin and you know from there try to gain some traction and like get some awareness um for what we're doing and maybe from there we can um circle back around to member hero and by then we'd have a big audience and it'll make more sense. Yeah. Um, so that's if, what we ended up doing.
0: If you're comfortable talking about it, can can you bring us into that thought process or what was going on in both of your minds when you were like sort of at the edge with member hero and saying, you know what, we might just shut this down. Like this isn't working. What was it that wasn't working? Like how were you I'm interested cuz I know a lo- it goes through a lot of people's minds it goes through it goes through my mind with this podcast it goes through my mind with products that I sell and create um what was it for you that you were like I'm looking at this metric it's not working I think we should shut it down what was that for you
1: I mean it wasn't it wasn't difficult for me because you know WordPress gives you the the analytics and we had like after I think three or four months, we had less than 10 active downloads. So I was like, okay, literally nobody's using this. <laughs> um, and I like try to reach out in Facebook groups and stuff like that and talk to people, and like nobody would even want to try it. Like, I mean, this is a free plugin, right? Like, surely right. people would be willing to try a free plugin. And maybe I was, you know, talking to the wrong people. Um, someone someone share up told me you can't just build a plugin, put up a landing page and expect people to come. Like someone actually um, said that to me in a Facebook message that um, when I, you know, when I cold messaged her um, and I was like, yeah, that, I mean, like it was hard to hear that, but I was like, yeah, that's, you know, that's true. And so kind of building from that, I was like, okay, maybe I need to start smaller. Maybe I need to, you know, reach out to people a bit more, do a bit more awareness type stuff. Um, And so, yeah, like I, super learned my lesson from that experience. And so that's Mm -hmm. why with newsletter glue, um, I put in a lot of effort into talking to a lot more people.
0: Yeah. And I think that's obviously that's super smart. Um, you know, and, you know, just even looking at the newsletter glue, uh, landing page on wordpress.org, uh, slash plugins slash newsletter hyphen glue, or just search for newsletter glue on wordpress.org slash plugins. Um, the copy is great. Like it's, it's marketing focus. And th- and this is something that, you know, you alluded to before, Hey, my co-founder made this, made the the mistake that a lot of developers do. They built the product in the closet. They didn't talk to anybody about it. They didn't know how to market it. This is things I, I've i heard countless times, but just looking at your landing page for uh, newsletter glue, it's, I love the copy, right? Like, when it's time to share your latest post, do you look longingly at Substack, <laughs> head grudgingly to MailChimp, hope to set up an RSS campaign? I, mean, what, I mean, How did you get to that? Is that something that marketing and, and copywriting and selling has always been sort of ingrained in you? Or did you take lessons on it? How did it all come about?
1: Um, I think, well, so my background is in advertising. Um, I've been, yeah, like doing kind of advertising, marketing marketing in some form for the past 10 years um, and so WordPress plugins is relatively new for me this is something that I started end of last year when I got in touch with Ahmed um, but so I had that background to begin with um, but I think the reason why the copy is um in your words good I'm I'm not i have good you know <laughs> um, yeah so the reason why I think it Multiple people have mentioned that it sounds as though I really know my users. It's because I put in a lot of effort to know my my users. Um, Yeah, so I guess like newsletter people are my people. Um, I I have a newsletter myself. I love writing it, Um, and you can tell that I love writing it because I don't really care that much about the number of subscribers I have. I think I have like seventy three or something like something super small and like some of the people that know me are constantly surprised that I have so few subscribers Um, but I you know I write it every week or sometimes I miss a couple of weeks um, but I keep doing it I've done it for a year and a half and I've pretty much blogged since I was I don't know 16 or something Um, so I've always liked kind of publishing on the internet Um, and so when it came down to creating a plugin for people who like publishing on the internet and it was like, yeah, this is no beta. I know, I know these people, these are my people. Um, and I can make something that I think these people will like.
0: And let's just talk through, um, the I'm trying to I'm trying to find it live while we're recording, but I, I know you had a landing page and the landing page said something to the sort of, hey, this is still in beta. And before you download it, try it, or even I talk about price, let's book a time to talk about, you know, why you want to use this, what you're trying to solve with it. Uh, how has that all been going? How many calls have you taken? What has been the reaction to that? I think a lot of... It's different because I, I, while I think it's the best idea ever, and I think everyone should do it, I think everyone should do it if they've had a product for 10 years, <laughs> like get on the phone and talk to your customer.
1: Um, so to be brutally honest, I think I only managed to talk... I, I only got like less than five people who actually book a, booked a call from that specific landing page. Um, what got me a huge amount of calls and interest was um, a post that I did on Indie Hackers, and and I kind of repurposed that post across multiple Facebook groups as well. But it was like a Substack for WordPress post. Um, so you know, like Substack has been getting a lot of publicity lately, and a lot of people are creating newsletters simply because they are interested in like you know jumping on the Substack bandwagon. The, the wall that people quickly run up against is, oh, I can't own my domain. I can't, you know, do a lot of stuff because Substack is quite limited, um, which is definitely its key selling point. But it also, you know, um, there are a bunch of people who prefer to have some customization. And, you know, for, since the dawn of time, that's been WordPress's key selling point. Um, and so yeah. by posting, you know, Substack for WordPress, I got a bunch of people who are interested and signed up. And to this day, like, I still get people who email me randomly um, because of that post. So that's actually how I got um, a whole bunch of calls and not actual, not the actual landing page, which I'm I'm glad you like, by the way.
0: <laughs> so now you're in this mode. Uh, you're still in this mode of user research. Uh, if you can paint us a, a a picture, broad brush strokes of like what this rollout might be like, how much longer are you going to do? I mean, you have the plugin in the WordPress repo, Uh, presumably you're getting this information from customers because you're going to roll out uh, the premium version of it, or you want to just simply add new features right now. Like where's the, where's the goal markers for you? Uh, 10 more phone calls, and then you'll move to the next phase of your product development. Give us that sense of that.
1: Um, I think, I think the phone calls are ongoing. It's, I don't really have a goal for that. Um I'm pretty much happy to jump on phone calls whenever as as long as people keep going to my calendar and scheduling them <laughs> i'm happy to do them yeah yeah um yeah, um, and in terms of building and roadmap uh i don't know I mean we're kind of in we're building the paid plugin and it's been tricky kind of figuring out what to prioritize like I have a good idea of what people want um right now, but you know like i wish i could snap my fingers and then come up with the 20 different things and charge people sure. you know 300 bucks out out the gate um but it doesn't work that way right and so um i think right now we're just focusing on templates uh something interesting to me that i didn't re- like i wasn't expecting at all was just how uh i don't want to say lazy <laughs> <laughs>
0: but so, so like
1: I've been using the plugin myself, um, for I think three months before we even launched and I really enjoy using it. I just like write out my, um, write out my newsletter. I have like a bunch of reusable blocks that I, that I use to create my templates for my newsletter and all of that stuff. And like, I guess having done it for three months and, ha- um, since it is the plugin that I built, all of that was pretty easy for me, um but it's been difficult to explain to people how to use reusable blocks. Um, and yeah. And so I'm like, Oh, people just need templates. Um, like, people just want, you know, this is the Harry Dry's marketing example, examples, newsletter template. And like, here, take it. Here you go. Or, like the hustle, like here, take it, like recreate the hustles newsletter. Like there you go. Um, yeah. So like, it seems like that's what people want. And it's super cool because like, Hey, we can actually make this stuff on WordPress now, um, which, you know, like not that long ago we couldn't. So, um, it's cool that we can, and it's cool that we can easily make templates for that. And I guess that's what we're, we're doing with a paid plugin
0: on the, uh, roadmap to a commercial product or a premium product. Um, during these phone calls that you're having with with customers, are you ask or potential customers? Are you asking them, you know, what they pay? Are you looking at alternative services to see what you know the value is for somebody to be on? I don't know Substack or something like that, and trying to draw out your pricing strategy, or is that too soon?
1: Um, I think pricing, like a proper data backed pricing strategy, is way too soon. Um, I think I'm probably at the pull number out my ass. And see if <laughs> anyone will pay for it. You know that that's my pricing strategy, um, and it's probably going to be that <laughs> for the next couple of months. Realistically, like any anyone who says that like, you know they've got their pricing strategy locked down, you know three to six months in is like I mean it's going to change, right? It's going to change like, right. like like multiple times. Yeah. Um, so I feel like you know it's not. I mean, my pricing strategy is like okay, I'm going to be realistic. And I'm probably going to underprice myself and people are going to, you know, say, why are you underpricing myself and or, why are you underpricing yourself? And, you know, I'm fine with that. And when I build up the confidence to price more, then I'll price more. And, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you're also, it's, it's also an attempt to, I mean, you have to grow the audience, right? You have to grow awareness. Like if you just all of a sudden walk on the scene and say, well, it's $600 a year. <laughs> you know it's like this yeah, huge exactly. bundle you're going to get yeah and people are going to say okay great but there's a lot to be said about you know social proof testimonials case studies uh, brand awareness they're not just because you know that your your product is valued in you, to yourself at 600 bucks a year probably even more doesn't mean that people are going to pay it and yeah, in the beginning sure. you need to learn like i yeah like so many times you hear this you hear the advice of just charge you know charge what you're worth charge value you know all this stuff but yeah but sometimes it's just it's just not going to work <laughs> it's just not going to work
1: uh i think like so something that i've kind of been following is like i mentioned earlier my confidence levels and i just wanted to mention that because that's also why we took a step back with member hero so i mean we could have kind of uh continued and like Launched the version two of Member Hero um, and charge for that and all of that stuff after the first version failed. But um, what I decided to do was, you know, carve out this tiny piece of what we built and launch it separately as a free plugin. Um, and the reason why I did that was to build my own confidence levels. Because like, you know, as I mentioned, I've been doing advertising and marketing for the past 10 years. Um, in the past two years, I've been running my own kind of digital agency thingy and, like, building WordPress sites for clients and all of that stuff. But, like, I didn't actually have any confidence when it came to building and selling and convincing people that my plugin is worth, you know, anything. Um, So that was something that I wanted to learn and figure out before tackling the larger Member Hero plugin. And so things like... um, Sorry, um, things like user user discovery, like customer discovery, um, product design, like all of that stuff. Like I didn't know that stuff four months ago or five months ago. Um, but like, newsletter glue was completely designed by me using Adobe XD, which I learned like through YouTube. You know, so like,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and like, I mean, it sounds it sounds dumb or ridiculous, but like, I'm actually kind of proud that like I got this chunk of time to build this tiny plugin and um, learn all of these skills, you know, in a relatively low, low stress kind of way, because I know it's going to be a free plugin. I already know that I like using it. So I can imagine, you know, at least 10 other people are going to like using it and, um, and kind of um, put in the reps to learn those skills along the way. Yeah. yeah I'm um,
0: so, so yeah. glad. I'm so glad you brought up the confidence factor. Cause that is, that is, I do a lot of, um, uh, mentorship at a at a local uh, accelerator, uh, and of course through you know this podcast and talking to other people who are starting businesses, confidence is 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 huge, especially obviously when it's going to come to that that pricing part uh, of of your product. Uh, but I'm curious. Even with a background in advertising, I think I know the answer. But even with a background in <laughs> advertising, which I feel like, look, if you come up in sales or advertising, you get confidence taught real quick because people are gonna be like, "This ad is terrible, <laughs> this copy is terrible," and no, I don't want your product. Um, but you're, yeah, but you're so uh, sheltered, guess, right?
1: Like you're right, doing it for right. you're doing it for a client. You're not doing it for yourself, and it's like if it fails, there's you know a million other things that you can blame before you blame yourself
0: well th- these phone calls that you're taking right talking to customers that in itself is going to put the uh, build the the foundation of confidence as you go over time because you start to repeat that sales pitch if you will you start to repeat like your value add and and what you're worth and stuff like that and then over time you you just like you got it it's just it's just part that's just natural to you. And, and, and when people say, no, it's not worth it, that's fine. Like I'm confident enough to say, you don't see value in this, but there is a massive amount of market that does. And we serve those people. And it's a great way to say mm, sorry. Uh, this other product's for you. Well, maybe you should just go back to Substack. <laughs> maybe <laughs> You shouldn't be looking at my product. And you're confident enough to like it. Doesn't hurt you in that way. It doesn't say, "Boy, does my product suck?" Or should I be building this feature? No, you're you're confident in the lane that you're in. And I think that's that's massive. So you know, I, that's awesome. I'm just I'm just so happy you brought up the confidence factor. Are you getting confident uh, through these phone calls so far?
1: Um. Yes and no. So, like, I'm a huge, like, huge, huge fan of the mom test. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of the book. Are, are, are you a huge fan of the mom test? Uh,
0: you know, I have only heard uh, two podcasts of people talking about it. I have not yet explored the book myself.
1: Right. So, I mean, firstly, I highly recommend that you do. Um, but, yeah, so I I'd heard about it and never kind of, I was like in the same same boat as you, like heard about it, heard, heard about it from different podcasts and just kind of never got around to reading it. Um, but then I heard Rob Fitzpatrick talk on the Indie Hackers podcast and that was such a great podcast and it made me go out immediately and get the book. Um, and the, I don't know, it, it changed how I looked at customer discovery completely. And so in... In the calls that I do, I'm, and I mean like he talks about it way more articulately than I'm about to. But, um, <laughs> in in the calls that I do, I try to just ask them about stuff that they've already done before, and like you know, so like not not be like, hey, what do you think of this feature that I'm building, or hey, what do you think about, um, you know, this thing in the future or this like fan- fantasy thing that hasn't been built yet. Um, rather I just kind of try to figure out, you know, what their workflow is like, what they've looked at before. You know, if they they said like, yeah, I'm trying to move off of Substack, then I'll ask them why they're trying to move off of Substack. And and if they are, like, what have they looked at um, beyond Substack? And then they would typically say WordPress. And then the next thing out their mouths would be like, yeah, but WordPress is really complicated and blah, 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 blah. And so like, just kind of learning more about them is what I try to do. And I don't um, focus so much on the product itself and I think like so that um, that's why I said like it doesn't really give me confidence because I don't focus on my product so I, I generally don't really know what people think about my product and the, until they email me or uh, message me on Twitter or something like that um, but yeah so the, the calls are more to learn about what people want not what they think I think yeah. is the succinct way of putting it
0: Right, and it's you know if you started showing people features and uh, like functions, I think a lot of them or tend to just agree with you, right? And just be like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like, that looks yeah. cool to me, but then they would like ne- they would never use it, right? And it's just, which is a trap I fell into really early uh, in my career, doing the same exact thing. Like, I remember starting Conductor and showing people that uh, look, look how awesome this is. And people are like, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's like, okay, now do you want to buy it? No, okay. <laughs> like, maybe we should have a different conversation. Um, yeah, totally. Has Has anyone from the... The Substack sort of uh, customer persona, or I guess any of your customer personas or avatars, however you refer to them as, has anyone ever expressed that they they like the product or like the idea but not of WordPress? And do you spend time convincing that, hey, it's okay that it's on WordPress? Or are you just saying, look, I only want to go for people who want WordPress?
1: I don't get people asking me that on calls, just because you know to get on a call in the the first place is quite a big commitment. So by the time someone gets there, they've self-qualified to the nth degree. Um, So they 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 tend to be pretty like excited and understand what the thing I'm building is, and like have watched a bunch of my videos and all of that stuff. Um, So I don't get that on calls, but I do get that sometimes on Twitter and on Facebook groups um, where I'm pretty active. Um, and like in a hundred percent of those cases, I always say, yeah, yeah. Then that, I mean, I say it nicely, of course, but the message is essentially that you should stick with Substack because, like, WordPress honestly isn't some like you can install Substack in ten minutes, even if you're super not tech savvy. If you're tech savvy, you can install it in, in one minute, um, and you can't do that with WordPress. And so, if if you're someone that you know has no idea what a domain is versus versus hosting you know then there's no there's no chance and if you're an end um, in addition you're not interested in finding out then you know there's no chance that you're going to spend a weekend tinkering around with wordpress
0: from the business point of view did you ever look at it i mean i know it was sort of, this is a unique scenario well not super unique but i mean a lot of people go this route they build a plugin then they pull a feature out of that plugin and they launch another plugin uh, i know it started as a wordpress plugin but had you ever sat back and said maybe this should just be a standalone Laravel app or name your favorite flavor of framework. (laughs) Like, have you ever thought, or maybe that's like a future thing. Like this is going to be a hosted services. Has that crossed your mind? Yeah. Or you say, well, no, we're, we're still too infinite right now. We're, we're, we're just focused on this.
1: Um, Yeah. So it's pretty much exactly what you said. Um, It's kind of like a nice thing to think about, like, you know, far away fantasy kind of way. Um, But there's still, yeah, I mean, there's just so many steps that I have to, you know, go through before I can get there.
0: That's like the thing for people to say, uh, you know, if you spend any time on Twitter, you see everyone saying like, yeah, WordPress is dead and all these other CMSs and Jamstack and like all this stuff. And yeah, yeah, I hear people say this. I see it on my Twitter feed and yet I still see WordPress continuing to grow. (laughs) And I'm just scratching my head. "Are, Are these people right? Are there still so much people in the market that need to use WordPress? And FYI, I sat down the other day to use one of uh, said popular new CMSs that don't use a database <laughs> and somehow magically create content for me. And I sat down and said, "Step one: install Composer." And I was like, "What? <laughs> I don't even. What <laughs> am I doing? Like, is it, set up a local dev environment first. And I'm like. Uh, and then I started doing it, and I'm like, I-, I don't know what's happening here. Like, this is ridiculous. I could have got it done in WordPress in two minutes. Um, I don't, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, again, I'm not the advanced user, but there's so many advanced users uh, out there, I guess that you know have the the freedoms to to switch. I just, I just don't see it as uh, efficient, I guess, as they do.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Wait. Site. Let tangential point. Um, like that kind of angst that you just talked about, that would be the angst that someone who's going from Substack to WordPress would be feeling, right? Sure. And like, that's the exact reason why I never tell people to do that. Cause like, I don't want to be responsible. Like I, like I don't for a second think that my, my plugin is so amazing and so indispensable that I would put you through that hell that you just talked about. Um, (laughs) You know, unless they wanted to, uh, unless they wanted to do it, right? Like I remember how difficult it was for me when I first started using WordPress, like in two thousand fifteen or something. Like, I mean, it's easy for me now, and it's easy for you now, obviously, right? Like it's you know two minutes um, spinning up a new a new WordPress site, but for someone new, it's it's tough. Um, yeah.
0: What What about the the argument for? Um... You know the uh, which is the same argument that I, I don't want to say argument, but the same uh, I can't think of the right word. But right now, but the freedom, right the the freedom of owning your content, the freedom of owning your platform. Do you find that that will be a selling point to folks who who use Substack uh, or any other competing service? Like, is that a value add to these folks? I would imagine it would be because they're content creators, and I'd imagine the content creators want to own their stuff. Um, Do you find that that's a value add for your type of product?
1: Uh, It's definitely a value add. It's probably the number one reason people explore WordPress coming from Substack. Okay. Um, But again, like I want them to already be on that journey. Like I don't want to be the person that tells them to go on that journey.
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah we keep waving that flag for wordpress and for you know open source and sometimes we don't get paid in return (laughs) i totally understand (laughs) um awesome stuff so what what are the next
1: sorry um yeah i mean it's not it's not so much that um there isn't anything in it for me or anything like that it's just like you know it's a it's a big it's a big ask um yeah yeah that's it right like it's it's a big ask
0: it's a big ask too for like even for like the base use case uh, for WordPress. Again, going back to my experience as as a mentor in accelerators, uh these this is an accelerator, it's a very small accelerator. It's for it's generally mostly for like nonprofit profits or very small businesses in my local area. This is not like a tech accelerator whether people are gonna get millions of dollars. These people are hoping to like launch a restaurant or or launch like a muffin company that's gonna be sold at farmers markets. Um it's a big ask to get them to use WordPress, right? And when I yeah. originally started there five years ago, you know, I was the one teaching like the web component of the accelerator and it's like, well, you got to use WordPress. You have to, right? Because it's <laughs> it's free. It's open source. This is your platform. You can do whatever you want with it. And these people are looking at me like, I just get out of a tax and legal preparation course, and now you <laughs> want me to build, you know, a WordPress website using 17 plugins? Not going to happen, right? And I, you know, I've I've obviously adjusted my course now, but. Um, yeah I think it's a big ask even just from the WordPress. I don't have a really question there, but you know just pontificating on that stuff. you know anything that you anything else you want to say or add about you know your product journey or experience that you think people can can benefit from?
1: I don't know. I think just before I got on this podcast, um I replied something to someone on Twitter and I was like, you know when you launch, you have to feel you know like. The first, the first week when I was talking about news, newsletter glue on Twitter and stuff like that, like, I felt nauseous talking about it. It's like, man, this plugin is so small and shitty and nobody knows me and nobody, you know, like, it's going to give a shit and all of that stuff. Um, but, like, I think that's kind of what you have to do, right? Like, you just have to keep on talking about it um, in an open way and getting out there, learning, you know, being vulnerable um, and not hiding yourself from like the things that people say, because I think like more often than not, like all the information you need is out there, and it's more whether you're willing to put yourself out there and listen to it um, and be receptive to what people are saying. Um, and yeah, I think like for anyone else who's trying to build something. That would be the number one thing that I would encourage them to do.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I, you know, one of the things I say when I help people, um, you know, starting a podcast and stuff like that, and people are always saying like, "No, oh, nobody wants to listen to me," and 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 that's like the concern. Like their their major roadblock is uh, nobody wants to listen to me. No, guess what? That is not the problem. The problem is, what do you do when you have that audience? Because eventually, you do get that audience by getting out there keep pushing the content out, keep, you know, have your opinions, have your confidence, keep pushing out the message, and then you will have an audience. So worry about what's going to happen then, <laughs> getting them on an email list, let's say, and making sure that you're emailing them, right? So that you're driving some kind of conversion or awareness for your product, brand or cause. So 100%. Um, yeah.
1: And like, I mean, I, I'm a, I am hang out in all of these Facebook groups and forums and all of these things where people talk about starting newsletters all the time. And um, everyone gets so caught up in the tech stacks, like, you know, this, their setup. Should I use ConvertKit? Should I use Substack? Should I use this? Should I use that? And the thing that I always come back to is like, no, the first thing that you should do is write your newsletter and continue to write <laughs> it for like yeah. 20 times. Find out if you even like writing newsletters. Like a lot of these people, you know, hear about this whole concept of charging for subscribers and all of that kind of stuff. And they get drawn to the idea of the money behind it. And it's like, actually writing newsletters for money is really, really difficult. I don't do it, uh, but I know a bunch of people who do. And it's not easy. And so, you know, you're only gonna do it if you like it and you find that you have a knack for it. And the only way you can do that is by writing it, you know, writing a bunch. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I always uh, recommend people do.
0: All right, Leslie, this has been an amazing conversation. Where can folks go to get the plugin? Where can they go to sign up or book a call with you at two in the morning, <laughs> <laughs> depending on what the time they're at?
1: Um, so if they want to try out the plugin, then they can just go to the WordPress plugin repo and search for newsletter glue and hopefully we pop up um if not same thing on Twitter like newsletter glue I think pretty much everywhere if you if you type in newsletter glue you'll find us um so that's what I suggest they do if they want to read my own newsletter which I publish um with my own plugin then that's leslie.pizza which is I think also my Twitter handle um so yeah those are the two places that you can find me
0: awesome stuff. It's newsletter glue. Check it out on the WordPress repo. I will also have it in a link, which you can click on in your podcast player. Just visit Matt report for this episode and you can click on that. Check it out. Newsletter glue. Leslie, I wish you all of the best luck in the world. Everyone else is MattReport.com. report.com slash subscribe to join that mailing list. We'll see you in the next episode.